Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Delighted to spending our time with you under our new format, which is now a 45-minute straight show, supposedly the way it was before. We're working out a little of the kinks here and there. We're still trying to do a live show on Twitter, but uh, that's no, that uh, may or may not be Mark, working. That ain't yeah. happening right now. Yeah, We're going to have like... to work on that and see how we can do it in the future again. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But otherwise, uh, lots of interesting stuff going on now. Uh, how was your week? Uh, you know, not a lot, a lot of tech, but a couple of big brands stepped in it. So we're going to talk about that. So what can uh, I say? I did get an interesting email yesterday from the Lakers uh, telling me that I have a chance to purchase tickets for uh, games next week. So they are allowing people back into Staples Center on a limited capacity. We don't know the numbers yet, but the world, I guess, is opening up here and there. The Dodgers are doing the same things here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I didn't I make it into the Dodger lottery for opening day. So yeah. <laughs> I entered, yeah, my daughter entered, we all entered, but there's so few people in the well, stadium right. still. Yeah, most that, of the capacities uh, now, I think, across the country are between 25 Did and you know that Dodger Stadium is going to have a Shake Shack in it? I did not. You know what? Yeah. I, I actually, I have to say, I went with someone to Shake Shack. Uh, oh, this is a couple of years ago. And they ordered like a hamburger and fries and a, and a shake. And it was like $22. I thought, what? What is this? So I've actually never had food at Shake Shack. Is it good? Well, that kind of goes with the prices at the ballpark, doesn't it, really? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I suppose that's absolutely true. A hot dog's I mean, $12, $13 at the, the ballpark. The food at all ballparks, any sport, it's kind of like getting gold, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's some new hot dog that they came out with. It's like, I don't know, three feet long. So I guess you eat it with your friends. You know, you put it on each of your laps. And I you know, really that's it. so gross. Yeah, but sounds <laughs> good, I have person, to say. I'm the kind of person who cuts a hot dog in half. So, uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, excuse oh, no. me, I, I mister, like do you have dogs. a plastic fork? <laughs> oh, God, no. God, no. Uh, but anyway, there's lots of stuff going on. So our, our first story of the day, just uh, let's start with the premise that Facebook never does anything wrong. That everything By the way, do before we do that, I just wanted to tell everybody, since we're not live streaming on Twitter, we can, you can find us now at computerandtechnologyradio.com. And we are still on, hopefully, <laughs> all the streaming networks. I double-checked. I don't know about iTunes, but we'll be back there if we're not there. But uh, Google Podcasts and iHeartRadio, please look for us there and tell your friends we've just moved. Yeah, we've just done that. We're working, like I say, we're working out the kinks a little bit because it's uh, not only is it a new format, but uh, it's a, uh, a different setup for us technologically. So hopefully we'll get it all together in the next week or two and we'll be back to doing the show the way we uh, normally did. But probably okay, not. Okay, so tell, tell me how this next story affected you about Facebook, huh? I, I think they're completely full of crap. I mean, you know, let's face it Facebook doesn't take responsibility for anything that they do. And the fact that they gave out, what, a half a billion Facebook 533 users? 533 billion users. That's one in 15 people on the planet. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Uh, and then, of course, what are they doing? Not my fault. No, we Oh, it's your that. fault. It's your fault yeah. as the user. That's correct. 
Yeah, because I did what Facebook, I guess, asked me to do. You know, find your friends, exchange your phone numbers. You do all these things. You amaze me. You responded to that text. You gave up your contact list. Oh, I don't do any of that stuff on Facebook. I don't give any information on Facebook. Okay, so you I didn't upload your contact list. Oh, no, no, I never did that. Okay. No, I don't upload my contacts to anyone. And I've never done that either. But yeah, you know, no. uh, when I was writing my book for seniors on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, um, you know, and I'm doing screenshots and I'm starting up a new ca- account. They actually had a circular sign in, which if you didn't upload your contact list, it sent you back to the previous page. Oh, I know. And it's, I had it, to it, do it like four times in order to figure an escape route, which I put in the book, but they were pounding people hard. But yeah. the deal is, uh, they're, they're saying that it's your fault because you uploaded your contact list and they well, hacked right. it, so... Yeah, exactly. You, you listened expect? to what we offered. You, we offered to do this for you. You were stupid enough to listen to what we asked, <laughs> right. told you to do. You did it, and now it's your fault, not our fault. Yeah, that's that's a little crazy. And, you know, this has been the pattern of Facebook since they started. Well, you know, and one thing we I wanted to toss in here also is, did you know that as long as you have the Facebook app on your device... Mm-hmm. It tracks where you go, what websites you go to, geographically right. where you go, has yeah. all kinds of data on you. Now, you can. Yeah. It's called off-Facebook activity, and there is a way to get rid of it, and I would personally do it on a desktop, but you can do it on the app. On the desktop, um, I mean, this is just if you're uncomfortable with them keeping all your information, every website you go to, every club you join, everything you look at on the internet. Um, I I might disable this. So go to settings on Facebook. One would think this would be under privacy, but oh no. Go to your Facebook information, which is not under privacy. And in that area, there is a place called off Facebook activity. Um, you can't see what you've indicated or what they're doing by just looking at it. There's a link that says view. So click view or some place it might say learn more, which is on the app. And once you do that, you'll be able to see a list of every site they have recorded on you. (laughs) You can click a site to get the details of it. I mean, you don't care. You can find out how Facebook got the activity, but you know they do. Just delete them. Get rid of it. Tell Facebook they cannot. Just turn it off. Turn off future activity. Because this, to me, not even listing it under privacy settings, I think is egregious enough. But they're so greedy for their advertising dollars that they're siphoning off of you and your data. So, there you go. yeah, Facebook just wins. What should we call this? The devil of the week. <laughs> there you go. The devil of the, the week for them. The it's week. the devil of the, of the decade. So uh, who knows? You know, it's funny. This, this next story should surprise, let me think, no one. When I read the story about uh, Apple's rationale for not bringing iMessage to Android, it, it's so simple. Well, you know, they would ne- they're never going to do that because the iMessage as, a, as an Apple user and an iMessage user all the time, it's something that makes Apple sell phones. Everybody that is on iPhone loves iMessaging. 
you know, you get to see the nice little box that comes up that says you're typing your response. It's uh, end-to-end encrypted. Once you well, delete just, you it, know, it's gone. Uh, just you know, Android has that too now. But the thing that really, really slayed me, and hold on, I have to hear. This was by Craig Federici. Apple's senior vice president of software engineering and executive in charge of iOS. I wanted to get it clear so we'd know who I'm quoting. iMessage on Android would simply serve to remove an obstacle to iPhone families giving their kids Android phones. So it was a deliberate, deliberate point of competition. Oh, of course. Absolutely. So it was not to make the iPhone customer's life any easier that, ooh, maybe they could buy a $300 mid-price phone for their kids, Mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, I I found it so offensive because I figured, okay, you want to sell – but to actually put those words out there and say that because that says you don't have the best uh, wishes for your customer in your head. Yeah, We're going to force everybody to spend way? a grant. Please. How many yeah, companies have the best interest of their customers in their heads? Uh, <laughs> right. Few. You know, so on the Android, though, is that a um, a program that comes on every Android phone? Yes. It's okay. Well, I'm going to be revealing all of this in a new book that I really can't talk about that comes out oh, okay. the holidays. But um, it is coming out in – when you buy a phone, let's say a Samsung phone. Yeah. Or a buying a phone from uh, T-Mobile. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying those particular brands are guilty, but I'm just saying they these many brands have their own messaging that they have plonked on the phone. Right, right. <laughs> so you have to actually go to the Google Play Store to download Google Messages. Okay. So you have See? to make the effort. Another great, great piece of caring for the customer. <laughs> And trying yeah. to build your own brand, but uh, all that is going to be exposed in my new book. So, well, you know, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I have to say that you know that, like I said earlier, that most people that use the Apple phone, one of their favorite features is iMessage, and uh, a lot of people won't give up their Apple phones. I don't care if there is a third-party Android app that does that; it still doesn't feel. No, the it's same not. A th- but that's do. the thing; it's not a third-party app that does it. It is an Android app. It's a Google app. That you have to what download, I'm saying, correct? Yeah, what I am saying is it's the carriers or the manufacturers who choose to substitute their own messaging right. app. For that. So that they get the data. Folks, never forget any of this is not for your benefit. It's so they can get all the data. I've been doing yeah. research on this, and, and it's just gone so deep. It's shocking, some yeah. of the things I've found out. Well, there you go. Okay, so uh, this was nice to see because PCs for um, a number of years have declined in sales as tablets have become more Wait, popular. Wait, one second. We skipped over one thing and I wanted to oh, tell everybody. Oh, okay. uh, Google I.O. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Their developers conference, the annual developers conference, which is, you know, it's like the Apple thing. It's, it's a huge deal. and They do it every year. And mm-hmm. they didn't do it last year. Or because t- what did we do actually in 2020? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, Google I.O. 2021 year. will be virtual and free to attend for anybody from May 18th to 20th. I won't go into it, but it's company and product news, technical sessions, 
just like, you know, I try to listen to all the Apple announcements. That if you're even if you're on iPhone, this is important for you to hear because like we've been telling you since the beginning of the show, you're not getting the full story from anybody. Well, right. And this is the developers conference. You can hear and see there's going to be an ask me anything with executives and things like that. And skipping right through, you can sign up at events.google.com. And, you know, it's interesting, these virtual events, I have to say, we had a virtual CES this year. Uh, In my own opinion, it was a disaster. You know, you could have gone into rooms and you saw some interviews with people. It's just not the same. You know, technology is a hands-on touching industry. You want to yep. play with your phone. You want to do this. And you want to do that. At least, I, I suppose, in this conference, it's more announcements than it would be, you know, well, like Well, just CES like the Apple Tuesday. thing. Yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah. CES just was just... It was a disaster. I can't, I can't do any of those virtual press conferences. No, E3, Unless which is it's, big... it's like this and there's keynotes and there's important stuff, then that's... Yeah, same thing, E3, which is the big gaming convention that I've been going to for probably 20-plus years, uh, is virtual again this year. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think it's great that everybody... Yeah, watching a virtual game on a screen just, yeah. eh, I mean, doesn't, doesn't do it. Kudos to everybody who is making an effort to make it work. Uh, my wife goes to the gift show every year. She has a little business, and so she in Las Vegas goes to the gift show. That is virtual this year. So, you know, more power to everybody that's trying to make all of these things work, and I can I congratulate you. Unfortunately, they just have not worked well. So, uh, okay, so back to PCs. So it's nice to see that PC, PC shipments Pichiche. have con- <laughs> PC, PC shipments have uh, surged in the first quarter. Uh, demand remains high. Now, certainly over the last year, a lot of us, including myself, have worked from home on a, uh, a PC and connecting to my work. And, you know, I mean, that, that has really been an amazing thing for many industries that could work from home. Now comes, of course, the difficult part where people might have to go back to work. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They want to work from home. I mean, uh, it may not happen. Google's already said that they expect people back to work in September of this year. So uh, they posted the first quarter demand surged 55.2% year over year, which was a surprisingly large growth. Uh, and the shipments continue to increase. PC ship, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Say that PC, six PC, times. PC, three times. PC, PC, PC. Uh, from last year's fourth quarter to this year, PC shipments fell 91.6 million units down to 84 million for uh, just an 8% decline. And, you know, I, I, the true test will come over the next, I would say, six months in the PC world, when people actually start going back to work, I'm probably somewhere, I would say, in the next six weeks, going to be going back to work into the office. A lot of people will be doing that. So the real question will be, do PC uh, sales continue to increase when people go back to their office and have their desktops there. But regardless, it's nice to see that that's going on right now. And uh, we'll probably see some of that into the next six months, I would think, uh, you know, education and touch screens and all those things that you're using now. So that, that's a nice plus, and I'm I'm happy to see that that is actually going on. So we'll see where there where that goes. Uh, yeah, I so mean, it's what, interesting to see what shocked the heck out of me was that Lenovo was leading the band and HP in yeah. sales. Didn't that shock yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, Dell was way like half of what. Let me see. Um, the growth that Dell had was half of Lenovo and HP. It, you know, I was shocked. 
I, Whoever I was bought shocked. Lenovo, who, do you know who owns Lenovo now? Because it used to be IBM. Who, I think who, it's who, Lenovo. I do have a Lenovo computer. I love it. I used to use only Lenovo, but when they sold it, I got a little bit nervous. Right. Yeah, so I haven't bought one. The most recent one I bought is a Dell. Me too. And yeah, it's pretty. But yeah, you know, nice. what do you want? Yeah, what do you want from a computer? But like- they did a good job at Lenovo. Whoever bought Lenovo was very smart by buying the name because my guess is the majority of the people don't realize Lenovo is no longer part of IBM and it's an right. independent company. And, and so they bought and a good name for themselves. And they keep the computer format, you know, with that little red dot pointer thing in the middle. Yeah, 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 they yeah. Kept which that. I hated, by the way. Hated so that thing. I. It was like the, yeah, like the, uh, the mouse. It's it just ridiculous. never seemed to work quite right. Did you know but- that Alienware computers are Dell? Uh, yeah, I think I knew that Dell did uh, purchase them a number of years ago. And, of course, Alienware is the big-time gaming computers that most people right. buy if you're a gamer. So, But, I uh, mean, they're working very hard to keep the brand separate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good for them. Uh, so when you looked at pictures from Mars, what was your impression on what you would have seen there? I think the people who put together the story that you're about to talk to yeah. <laughs> Talk, about. Talk about. I don't know. Just, just kind of, you had too much time on their hands. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I mean, they have they have taken some pictures. You know, uh, for example, this one goes back to apparently a Viking NASA Viking One orbiter uh, flew by near or near Mars in 1976, and they found an image of what looks like a human face on Mars. And if you look at the picture, that's sure what it looks like. You know, eyes, a nose, a mouth, hair, the whole thing. You know, so as you, as you go through these different things, in nineteen seven or in 2017, they found a Martian pit with what they call a trippy mesa and an alien kissy face. Um, in, uh, also in 2017, they found blueberries, gullies, and spirals, I guess, spirals. Spirals. Uh, spiral is that spirals 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 you know that's not how i spell spirals but okay uh then there were things like stick like figures and avalanches and volcanoes pac-man lava coils all kinds of stuff makes you wonder what the hell's going up on mars uh you know i don't know maybe okay i have to tell you i do have breaking news about mars which i think is much more important So, you know, NASA has that little helicopter up on Mars right now. Yep, yep. And it was supposed to fly tomorrow. But now that has been delayed until at least Wednesday, April 14th, according to the space agency. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the delay comes in response to an anomaly during a test that was meant to see the helicopter blades reach flight-like speeds of 2,400 revolutions per minute. Now, before right. I go on, go on here, haven't we always been taught that kind of the reason you can fly is because you have atmosphere? Oh, I thought it was because you had wings. No, Mark, you, need, you know how wings work. <laughs> yeah, they they you, flap, right? And then you just go up Right, in the air? and they flap in atmosphere, in air. Oh, Oh. That's what makes planes fly. Oh, I and see. Everything. Okay, and birds fly and stuff like that. Okay. Yes. And I just wondered, how the heck is? I don't know what the atmosphere is like on Mars, but I know it's not as dense as Earth. I know that for sure. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they did this test on Friday, April 9th, um, but uh, it, it was cut short. And well, I, don't know I mean, I happened. think the. the- I mean, clearly there there has been life previous to landmars we didn't know about because in 2014, they appear to have found what um, looks like a human femur bone. So obviously, many years before that, there was some person human on Mars. Okay, so and- we're putting down on the list right here that space, not your long suit, but... <laughs> no. Uh, wait, are you saying that wasn't a femur bone, that there haven't been people walking around on Mars? Come on, Marsha. You know all that stuff is true. Oh, Mark. I love yeah. you so much. Yeah. <laughs> they even found a donut, a wild jelly donut appeared There on you Mars. go. But anyway, any of you who were considering that on April 11th you were going to watch the helicopter fly, it's not going to happen until April 14th. So there you go. Okay. Well, lots of good stuff to know that, the, the, at least that when we go up there, Marsha, for our trip with Elon, um, that we're yeah, going to find I'm a lot of cool going. stuff. I'm not going. I'm, you know, I, mm, I want you we'll to go see. to the gift shop for me. You go to the gift shop for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great idea. Uh, okay, you've had a story, and it's funny because it kind of leads into our buy of the week. I'll not quite exactly. What the hell is a zettabyte? Okay, so what was the first hard drive you ever bought size wise i ha- oh well if you're talking to oh gosh uh i want to say it was a 20 megabyte hard drive if right. i remember correctly and it cost a quack a billion dollars oh it was yeah it was, yeah it was a fortune <laughs> yeah well yeah um so seagate who's been in the game right a yeah. long time is going to put out how many zettabytes? Three zettabytes. Drive? Three zettabytes. Okay. And because I, I'm not a math whiz, but a zettabyte is a measure of storage capacity that is two to the 70th power bytes. Wait, let me do the math. Go ahead. While you're talking about it, I'll do the math. Go ahead. Also expressed as 10 to 21 which there are so many zeros, it's one sextillion bytes. One zettabyte. That sounds like a lot. Yes, yeah. One zettabyte is approximately equal to a thousand exabytes. (laughs) Okay, now we're going to understand. A billion terabytes. Right. Or a trillion gigabytes. Right. Now, a trillion gigabytes, okay, I can picture. All, All this other stuff is just, Way, way too much. So this is crazy. I mean that it's actually going to be available from Seagate. I'm still barely trusting my one terabyte drives. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll yeah, we're going to talk about it in the in the next segment. I'll give you something uh, on the buy of the week. But a zettabyte, which by the way, I don't believe is a real word. I think that's just a made-up word, <laughs> is enough storage for 30 billion 4K movies – 60 billion <laughs> video games, 7.5 trillion MP3 songs. Uh, so if you had, if you wanted three terabytes of storage at home, you'd need to hook up 300 million 10 terabyte hard drives. Do we have room in the house for 300 million you know, hard drives? My point is, there isn't that much that I want to save. Well, you know, you when think, I get right? a new computer, you know, I have backed up the data. 
Uh, sometimes I'll even pull out the hard drive, put it in a case and, yeah, right. you know, put it on a USB port, right. you know, if I want to draw off the old stuff. But I like, do you like to start clean on every computer? Yeah, I do. I do. I like yeah. a clean computer, a clean yeah. phone. I don't, the only thing I carry forward on phone are contacts, email, things like that. So, Interesting. yeah, but this is crazy. Now, so my question cause to you, because you are the expert. I am. Is a three zettabyte hard drive storage heavier than a twenty megabyte hard drive? Is it full? Storage? I mean, is it full of information? Yes. Or let's without? assume it's full. Yeah. Well, that would have to be heavier, obviously. <laughs> I mean, clearly it is. That's a stupid question. I mean, they're always heavier <laughs> when there's information on them. Uh, <laughs> the you know the interesting thing about this is they say that by twenty twenty five self driving cars alone will account for thirty two terabytes per day of needs of storage. So I don't know, maybe somewhere okay, down. Okay, now this is what this is what gets back to when I was saying, folks, don't get yourself all whooped up about five G. It's not for you. It's for right. applications like that. Right. But yeah, exactly. why don't you give us the buy of the week so we can talk yeah, about Yeah, I mean, you know, so right now is the time that we search the planet, the universe, and, and newegg.com for the buy of the week. Thank you, Hans, for that. Okay, so talking about what I thought when I wrote this down was a great buy for a huge amount of space. I guess <laughs> it's not, not as much as I thought. Uh, the uh, On Newegg.com is the WD Elements 10 terabyte USB 3.0 desktop hard drive comes in black. Um, and I mean, the, the reality is that unless you are an electric car yourself, you probably don't need 10 terabytes of information to store your stuff. You know, what, you probably put the whole uh, Library of Congress on one terabyte. I don't know, you know, what it amounts to. But if you need lots of storage space, here you go. So it's the WD Elements 10 terabyte USB 3.0 hard drive. Uh, the normal price on this is about 210 bucks. It's on sale at Newegg for 179.99. But That's wait, insane. there's more. There's oh. more. Oh. If you use the code 93XQU23, you get Wait, another repeat 30 Repeat that bucks. again. I'm writing it down. 93XQU23. They'll take another 30 bucks off the price. So now you're talking about $149.99 for a 10-terabyte hard drive. And, and free shipping. A, uh, and free shipping. And to put it in perspective, uh, our dear friend Mark Goliski, who we lost many years ago, um, came into studio with me one day and had the first one gig hard drive, little miniature hard drive. It was a one gigabyte. It was $1,000 for a one gig miniature hard drive. And now you get 10 terabytes for 149 bucks. So uh, if you need some storage, go to newegg.com. And that is our buy of the week. That, that's amazing. Yeah, it's not crazy. I, I got it bookmarked here because that. I know it really is something. So, uh, okay, uh, what about cellular home? What is that? Well, <laughs> as we were talking about five G, five G has different bands, and there are two basic different kinds of five G. Without going into detail today, <laughs> we've talked about it before. We'll talk about yeah. it again, I'm sure. Right. But the point is, providers like Verizon and T-Mobile are now expanding access to cellular home internet. Now, what does this mean? A lot of people, 
Mark, you've been one of them, who could not access reliable home internet for Absolutely. love nor money. For 20, 25 years, I couldn't. And, and you, what, you had to try dial-up. You had to do everything, right? Yeah, I mean, well, I have a DSL line. I still have it, actually, as a backup, and it works great. Uh, it's an Earthlink DSL line, and for those of you who can't get any other service, I recommend Earthlink. They've been great. But, yeah, it was five megabits per second. That that's that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So now cellular I have cellular yeah. internet works by using a router or a hotspot like whatever to mm-hmm. connect to the provider's cellular network, just like your cell phone does. Now, I don't know, when I'm sitting in the bedroom talking on my phone, my signal ain't that good, by the by. No. Nope. <laughs> so I think somebody has to do a little work on the signals and those stupid maps. You know, oh, yeah, we cover you. The other tower's right here, except it's pointed the other way. Um, (laughs) But the speed you receive definitely depends on how close you are to a network tower, along with network congestion, which means how many devices you have and and what your neighbors have connected at the same time. I mean, the speeds will be a lot lower uh, than what you would get with a fast fiber or cable connection. So I'm definitely sticking with my cable connection. But for those of you who, you know, are having the problems, Verizon LTE, uh, let me see, if you have a Verizon mobile plan of $30 or more and you're enrolled in auto pay, then LTE residential services will cost you $40 a month. Okay. It goes up to $60 a month if you don't have an existing Verizon mobile plan, which isn't right. bad. I mean, you know, yeah, that's okay. about what I'm paying, but yeah, I have rocket okay. signal. Um, but if you want 5G, uh, the downloads are supposed to top out at one gigabytes per second or a thousand megabits per second. Which is pretty damn average, fast. Yeah, which I, um, but I'm getting 420 here. I got a right. screenshot. <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> I t- had to take freak me out. Um, but the 5G is priced at $70 a month or $50 a month for existing Verizon subscribers. T-Mobile now also has the same thing, $60 per month with auto pay. Um, speeds vary based on your location, as we said, but they guarantee, you know, at least 50 megabits per second, which is more than you really need. It is. But, you know, yeah, your Wi-Fi equipment, though, with... T-Mobile comes with no rental fees. Verizon charges you $10 per month per router. So think about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, that's another $10 that Verizon just doesn't mention. Uh, there's no and, data caps with T-Mobile or annual service contracts, and you don't even have to have a plan, which is yeah, very nice. nice. So you can and basically to... try it out. And Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I have, you were talking about service at 5G in your home. If I didn't have Wi-Fi calling in my home, I couldn't make a phone call. So as you say, because of the area that I'm in, I don't get good 5G or any phone service. So you got to make sure that you're in the right area. We might as well say, in my opinion right now, AT&T is the devil. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm just not a fan of AT&T. I never have right. been. I think their business is predatory and I I'll stand by all of that. And there's a billion people on Twitter who'll stand right behind me, Right, but you can't AT&T does have uh, fixed wireless. 
with a data cap of 350 gigabytes per month, which if you have a full family watching all different movies, you may have a problem. Right. The company will assess an overcharge of $10 for every gigabytes of data you use after that. With the No, limit they of, won't. They wouldn't yeah. do that. Stop. But they will limit the overcharges to only $200 a month. Oh, well, now now we're talking fair. Okay, so thank okay, you fair. for that. Yeah. And they do require a one-year service content contract. Promotional pricing right now is set at $60 per month. But, hey, wait till that 13th month. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Unless you cancel within the first 14 days, you'll have to pay an early termination fee to get out of the contract. Right. Now, I thought that was against the law. I know in California you have a cooling off period, and I believe there is a federal cooling off period, is there not? You know, when you sign mm, a contract like 30 for something. Days or, yeah. I want to say 30 so days. So how can they like get that. away with this? Oh, like oh. the FTC isn't paying attention. That's yeah. right. I forgot. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, more of that okay. from AT&T. U.S. Cellular has a cheaper one. So these are things to look at in the future. But to be honest with you, you might need two routers because the router is the modem, is the hotspot. Right. You might need more than one in the house. Nobody's talking about that yet. But like no, I exactly. said, at that end of the house, I get no signal. So right. think about it before you do it. All right. Hey, you know, this This next story is interesting. I, I monitor my blood pressure, um, you know, with the, with the old style cuff that you just put on your arm. But it's kind of a pain to butt. To yeah, do I that. can't get it? that thing around my arm. I, I, I just can't get it tight enough or it falls off or. Well, I, I can I make it work and it's fine. But this would be cool. I mean, you you found a story that Fitbit is actually thinks that smartwatches may be able to measure blood pressure, which would be awesome if that actually works. Yeah, they're actually reaching out to customers to ask them to be part of a study. Uh, users who are at least 20 years old can participate. And it will look at how pulse arrival time. This is a new way of measuring blood pressure. Yeah. Basically, pulse arrival time or PAT is the time it takes for a pulse of blood to reach the wrist after a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. In previous internal Fitbit lab studies, PAT was found to correlate with blood pressure, but the hmm. new study will extend those findings to a broader population. So if you are eligible and a Fitbit user, you can expect to get a notification within the app to join the month-long study. And they're going to try and recruit all kinds of people. High blood pressure is a big killer, and big we deal. all have to be watching out for that. 45% but I gotta tell of you, U.S. Just adults. Rem just remember... I don't see any bonus that you're getting except the pat on the back for participating right. in, in the study. But and it's remember, an important study. But remember they're getting a lot of data. And Fitbit is owned by Google. <laughs> and and yeah. I'm all – I told you, Mark, my, my new theme for 2021 is how much data are you giving away? I think I should have a game show on this. <laughs> that might be uh, a nice game show. You know, and now welcome to the data? giveaway. Right. Yeah. Like every Privacy time your sucks. Apple Watch thought that you were falling over and you weren't. Right. It could have been reporting to your insurance company. The guy's falling over. There's something <laughs> yeah. wrong here. Oh, Raises Mark fell rates. down again. Yep, yep. Right? 
Yeah, yeah that so, happened to me when I was playing racquetball. When I when I you know hit the ball too hard or you know dove, <laughs> it would come up with that. So since I've been uh, you know on the treadmill now that I've been home for a year, I don't have that happen to me anymore. But I'm sure when I start playing racquetball again, it'll happen again. By the way, forty five percent of U.S. adults have high blood pressure. I mean that's nearly half of the U.S. population. That, I know it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Okay, well, should we do a couple of quick spring cleaning tips for your PC? Yeah, I have to tell you that this is the first one that I did. If you have a PC, you have a PC, and it's a Windows PC. We're going to give you a couple tips right now. Yeah. Uh, the first thing that annoys me, hella annoys me, is when you start up your computer and all of a sudden things pop up for you to right. click sign into uh, to. No, I don't want any of that. And plus, yeah. the more that starts up in the beginning, the slower your startup process will be. Oh, absolutely. So to speed up your boot process and clean up your system or the stupid notification area, go find the startup program controls on Windows 10. Bye. Right-click your taskbar and select Task Manager. Or if you're a real nerd, just press Control Shift and Escape, which is my favorite way to do it. Uh, or click the Startup tab on the window that shows up once you've gotten to Task Manager, mm-hmm. and click on More Details. And right there, you will see a list, and it'll blow you away, of any programs that are starting up when you turn on your computer. Now, for example, Microsoft OneDrive, I noticed was there. I would like access to OneDrive, mm-hmm. but I don't really want to be continually connected to it and running my CPU, uh, you know, to fuel OneDrive as long as I have my computer on. So I disabled that at startup. That does not mean I cannot use it. If I want to use OneDrive, I can click on it and open it up. So remember that anything that you stop disable from starting up when your computer starts up is okay because it's still there but obviously you don't want to do anything like that to your um uh, virus antivirus software or i use malware bytes that's always running so yeah just uh do that and you're going to save a ton of memory in the beginning did you yeah, find nice. favorite on this page uh, you know, I do a lot of these things just as, uh, you know, the course of doing things to kind of clean up the computer. You know, you want to get rid of bloatware, you you know, which is the free the free crap that they give you when you buy a computer. Oh, I um, do that the first day I bring it home. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, there's a, you know, resetting windows. We talked about that actually last week. So there's a lot of good stuff that you that you can do up there. Uh, okay, do we want to go to other stories or should we just move on to movies? Since well, real we're, uh, quick, hardly, the six worst win- versions of Windows. We got okay. a few minutes here. Uh, which was your least favorite? I got to tell you, Windows 1.1 is in this article. And I actually returned that to the store. I said, did why really? would I? Yeah, I did. I said, what the hell is this? Why would I want to use this? Yeah, I can only I do just... one. You know, I, I'm not going to play solitaire while I'm writing a note. No, right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, if, if I remember this correctly, I'm going to say Vista. Because I remember there was a lot of issues with Vista, you know, as the as the things have gone on, and now that's 15 years ago. So I don't, re, you know, you kind of forget how bad things were. But Windows Vista was a terrible version. Um, Do you kind of feel it, beaten up by all these upgrades? I mean, 
Apple and Windows. I mean, yeah, I don't care anymore. My computer yeah, did right. what I wanted it to do 10 years ago. Just yeah, make exactly. it faster and I'm happy. You don't have to do all this stuff in my humble opinion, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I think that they uh, they listed the number one was Windows Millennium Edition, which I do remember as having multiple problems. It crashed all the time. You know, computers, for those of you who are, say, new to computers and didn't have them 20 years ago, you know, you're pretty used to turning on your computer, having it work, and everything was cool. Uh, and those days, not so much. There were all the window of the blue screen of death and a million other issues that happened with computers back then. So lots of stuff uh, that didn't work well back in the day. It's gotten way better, fortunately. So um, yeah, this, yeah. It, it was well, great. You, you know, I don't even remember Windows Millennium Edition. So that there you go. I think I skipped yeah. right through that. I yeah, well, you right kind of blot that stuff out. Absolutely. So um, what have all right, you so been what you watching want? on TV? I found on there's like only two shows on Apple TV Plus that I like. One of which is For All Mankind, and there's a new installment up there now, and I love it. It's a reality-slash-fantasy of the U.S. space program on the basis that the Russians were the original people who landed on Mars. Uh, Yeah, landed on the moon, excuse me. So instead of our guys, it was their guys. And it's a reality-fantasy. They have real characters from real time. But kind of fantasy because it's a whole different way of doing things. There's women astronauts, a whole lot of them. So it's interesting. It's a fun show. I enjoy it. What have you been watching? You know, there's a new one. Uh, so God, it's got uh, love in it, and I can't remember the name of it. So I'm blank. On, uh, you know, I'm watching so many different networks now, and you know, from no. Apple TV to, to everything else. And I don't remember. By the, the way, name of the show. do you remember back at CES a long time ago? I said, "Yeah, now they're going to ten dollars a month us to death," and they have yeah. the cost yeah. of streaming, which was supposed to save everybody money, is now out of control. Oh yeah. Yeah. There are so many different things that I now I'm subscribed to that I said I never was going to. Um, I will say that the, my, my favorite new show, which is, I believe, you know, go remember where it was. I think it's, uh, let's see, I think it's on the Paramount network. I, you know, there's yeah. Paramount network. It's called why women kill. And it is truly a fantastic show uh, with Lucy Liu, Jennifer Goodwin, uh, and a big cast. And it was created by the guy who did design, and uh, not designing women, um, Desperate Housewives. So if you like Desperate Housewives, it's a really good show. And if you happen to catch it on the Paramount Network or somewhere else, it's about 10 episodes. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to say it was a lot well, of fun. Well, for those of you who don't have a long history in movies... Uh, coming to Netflix this week is a movie called Legally Blonde from 2001, oh, that was a fun movie. Yep. which is a story of an L.A. sorority girl who gets dumped by her snobby boyfriend but decides to win him back by following to him to Harvard Law School. And she gets into Harvard, and it's got a Rotten cr- Tomatoes critic score of 70, but it's totally cute in that it has a brain and a heart. And just like its heroine, it's smarter than it looks. It's a great little movie. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. And the Eddie Murphy movie. Have you seen that? I have not seen Coming to America, America too. I haven't seen it yet. Great movie. Totally. I highly recommend. That's on Amazon Prime. 
Yeah, and there's also um, a new film out called, and it's really interesting. I think it's on Amazon Prime as well, and it's called One Night in Miami. I was just thinking of this. I wanted to see that because I lived in Miami during this era. Yeah, Regina King uh, directed it, and it's the story of Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and the great football player Jim Brown spend a night in a Florida hotel room. And it's really interesting. It's got to be amazing. And I do have to tell you, I have more than one Muhammad Ali, who was at the time Cassius Clay, story. I can tell you all that back in those days, he was a fabulous human being. Oh, yeah. You know, he always was, but this is a... First-hand account, he was an amazing person. He loved kids. If kids ran up to him and said, you know, he would, like, just pick it, pick them up and toss them in the air. And he was just a wonderful human being. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing One Night in Miami as well. Yeah, one of, one of the highlights of my life was the chance that I had at an event to meet him. And he wasn't talking much in those days, but I went over, I shook his hand, I walked away, and somebody tapped me on the shoulder, and Mohammed was motioning me to come back. And I went back there, and he handed me a brochure about being a Muslim. And I look at the brochure, and he had autographed it. And I still have that today. Okay, I just have to tell you, and this is one thing for all of you kids who may not know who the Beatles are, but they were a really big group back in the day. I would say, And the Beatles did a press thing with Muhammad Ali and my girlfriend and I skipped school that day and we were the only fans who showed up at the fifth street gym that day. And I do appear in some of the pictures you will see on the internet. There you go. Hey, listen, that's it for us. We'll see you next week. And uh, as always, please don't drink and drive. We want you back with us. And find us on the networks. Tell your friends because this new format's going to, it's a little difficult for us. We need your help. So this is Marsha Collier, Kurt Boothman, who did broadcast the show, um, Hans and Mark Cohen, and Wade, who I know is in the background. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought.